0: Well, if you haven't met me yet, I'm Norm Oberlin. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, Roger Welsh is our worship leader. He was right here. Um, By the way, thank you for the worship today. You know, every person in this room has a part in this church. And you might be brand new, and that's all right. You know, if God brings you here, he has a plan and a purpose a plan not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future, a plan to prosper you. And I believe that the biggest part of that comes from your involvement with the body of Christ. And whether it's this church or another one, you know, you need to figure out where does God want me? Where, where is he telling me to go so that I can use the gifts that he's given me to the glory of God? And I know that each one of us is in a different place. You know, as I look around this room, each one of us, some are are wealthy, some not so much. That's okay. Some of us are super intelligent, some of us not so much. That's okay. God uses each of us, and he's given everybody here at least one gift. Maybe more, but at least one. And he wants you to find the place that you belong. The Roberts family are a perfect example of that. They found their place. And over this last several years, we've been blessed as well. And hopefully they've been blessed too. Where does God want you to fit in? Today, I wanted to talk just a little bit about the plan that I believe God is giving us. And and this is just sort of a, I'm actually, I'll get there in just a minute, but I wanted to share first. This was uh, something I found online, and I don't know exactly who wrote it, so I'm not putting putting it up behind me. Uh, This is successful people versus unsuccessful people. And while I read this list to you, just think about, all right, which side am I on? Am, am I, in the case of successful on the paper, it's on the left. Am I on the left or the right? Meaning that you're unsuccessful. Hopefully you're not. And some of us may be a little bit of both, but we'll go through this. Successful people versus unsuccessful people. The first one I read is successful. Read every day. How many do that? All right, some of you do. Watch TV every day. That's the unsuccessful side. I I didn't ask you to raise your hand, some of you did it really quick, but. How about compliment people? All right, or what would the unsuccessful person do? Criticize. We find fault with them. That makes us feel better. That's the sad part. When you criticize somebody, all you're trying to do is make up for your deficiencies. Don't do that. Embrace change. This is very important with a successful person. How many people like change? Most of us don't. And the older we get, I found, the less we like it. I like things just so, and, and it helps my day go a little easier. Embrace change, so what would the unsuccessful person be? Fear change. Fear change. And I know people like that. They, they just can't take it. It's like, no, no, don't, don't move that book. Nope. You know, leave that knick-knack, right? You'll move it, and you'll come back and see they put it right back. This is a big one. Forgive others. This is a successful person. Forgive others. So what would the other person be? Hold a grudge. You may know people like that. Don't be that person. How about the successful person will talk about their ideas? I'm going to get into this a little more in just a minute. Talk about their ideas. The unsuccessful person talks about other people. It's true. The successful person will continuously learn. The unsuccessful thinks they already know it all. It's a sad place to be. You know what? We never stop learning. Ever. Until you're eyes are closed and you're either in that casket or in the ground or whatever, you should still be learning. The successful person will accept responsibility for one's failures. You know what the other one does? Blames others for their failures. Well, it wasn't my fault, he did it. You know, if he hadn't said what he said, I would have never done what I did. Really? Come on have a sense of gratitude a successful person will do a sense of gratitude what does that mean thankful you know what when when somebody blesses you not only should you thank them but thank god too he probably sent that person on the other side it's have a sense of entitlement well i deserve this you know what according to scripture we don't deserve a thing we have, all fa- we have all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. What we deserve is judgment. What God gives us, though, thankfully, is his grace and his mercy which leads to everlasting life if we take advantage of it. So don't be that person that has a sense of entitlement. And finally, the last one, the successful person sets goals and develops life plans. So the unsuccessful person never sets goals. They just waywardly go through life. However it lands, wherever it falls, that's the direction I'll take today. You know, when you plan, you get things done. My old pastor, Dave Williams, well, he is kind of old now, but meaning back when I was under his teaching, he always said, if you... Don't aim for the bullseye, you'll hit it every time. So if you don't care where your arrows are going, where your resources are going, if you don't give a hoot, keep on living the way you are. But if you want to accomplish something for God, if you want to be successful, you need to plan out what you're going to do next. That's good wisdom, isn't it? I think it is. I wanted to share this real quick, and this was a quote. Mel Robbins said, there will always be someone who doesn't see your worth. Don't let it be you. There will always be someone who won't see your worth. Don't let it be you. What does that have to do with the message today? Simply this, we're our biggest obstacle you and I, in our own lives. Because nobody can tell you what to do. Nobody can make you do anything. You choose every single day how you're going to live your life out. And I believe that we can carry that into the next uh, realm and say, you know what, I get up every single morning, every single day, and I have a choice. I can live for God or I can live for God myself. When you live for God, and Bill said this during the offering, he said, you know what? We need to give to the needs. And I believe that's all God asks of us. Church, give to the need. What did Jesus do when he walked around amongst the people? He brought healing to the sick He spoke into their lives. You and I can do those same things. He fed them. We can do those same things. Or we can lavish ourselves. Always be thinking about what you don't have instead of looking for opportunity to bless others. So today's message I want to start with, oh, I forgot about that. I looked this up. This is from last week. Chelsea, I saw her somewhere. Chelsea hiding back there again. So this is the bus, the Kanika bus. I went to their website, and I had a hard time finding that, and I meant to ask you before service. I found everything, but it didn't give you a place where you could put in the information. So maybe, have you done it? Okay. All right. So, I apologize for this because this is kind of a, oops. Um, if you would give us another week, if you want to help with this project, uh, I'm going to call down there this week and find out exactly how you do this. So, they, if you do give to this through Mount Hope Church in uh, Lansing, that it'll go to get on the bus, the Canica bus. So, these or, kids in the orphanage will have a way to get to their appointments into school. So, Sorry about that. But here's what we're going to talk about today. What is God wanting to do with us? Have you ever thought about that? What's he wanting to do with you? You know, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. I've been in the faith for years. I'm a pastor. I have a decent understanding of Scripture, although I'm still learning. And I'm still asking this question. Lord, what do you wanna do with me? Because what we did yesterday matters none today. This is a new day. God wants to do something new with us. And we can't keep resting on what we did yesterday. Maybe you were successful yesterday. Great, praise God, to build on that. Now, what's he wanna do with you today? Who does he want you to reach out to? Who does he want you to bless who does he want you to help so what I did was I came up with this a couple of weeks back God gave me a plan and and it came to me really quick suddenly and hopefully it will minister to you and I, I do this only for the sake of being able to remember it so each letter is an acronym for another word so plan are you ready to plan all right good here we go the first one prayer is the key to victory say that with me prayer is the key to victory now I know if I asked you to raise your hand how many in this room are diligent about their prayer life you don't have to raise your hand I know a bunch of you wouldn't raise your hand and thank God you're honest The Holy Spirit spoke into my life a couple weeks back and said, this needs to change. This needs to change. And I was praying, Lord, how do I help our folks figure this thing out? Well, first, let me just say this. Prayer punches holes in the enemy's armor. We have a, a real enemy, and it's not somebody with skin on it's not your ex-wife or your ex-girlfriend it's not your dad or your mom it's a spiritual power that hates you because you are trying to get closer to God and he's jealous because he can't have that relationship that we have and so what does he do if he can't have it I'm going to take it away from as many as I can and that's his job. He goes around the earth looking for those whom he may devour. Don't let that be you. So it punches holes in the, en- God's, or in the enemy's armor. It pushes God's agenda, not our own. When we pray, we're not there to, to get what we need, although it's all right to pray for your needs. We're there to commune with the Holy Spirit and to hear from Him so that He can download into us what we need to know for that week, for that assignment that week. Hello? You see, often people in the church neglect that back and forth. They throw their stuff out, but they, re- they, wait, they don't wait to listen, to hear back from God. He wants to speak to you. Well, I don't know if I've ever heard from him. Give him a chance then. You set yourself somewhere, Whether it's, we like to call it a prayer closet because usually that's a small area where nobody's going to interfere. And I, I told the kids, I told somebody in the church this recently, leave your cell phone outside the room because you know it's going to distract you. All right? If you want to hear from God, shut out the world and take that time to listen. Yes, pray, but also receive, listen, let God download into you. The third is, prayer helps us to see God's purpose for us in Christ. When you pray, you can't help but begin to feel what God's trying to do. But if you're not praying, you're never going to understand what God's purpose is for your life. You have to put some effort into this. Right? Are you still with me? Next, prayer prepares our hearts to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to put in us. The way I like to look at this, have you ever seen a farmer just go out and start spreading his seed? No, what would happen? weeds would grow up and choke it out it wouldn't grow the crop wouldn't grow very well you have to prepare the soil first Ernie's really good with that in fact recently just before it got too cold he he went out and he spread a bunch of manure all over the field why does he do that to stink us out no It was funny, though, because it was one of our Acts 2 weekends and uh, our superintendent came in and he goes, whoa, it smells pretty healthy out there. (laughs) Yep, thanks, Ernie. He doesn't even know I'm talking about him. But he does that so that the manure actually brings nutrients back into the soil that have been leached out over the years. When we pray... It helps us to prepare our hearts to get rid of the worldly stuff and to begin to put in the richness of God so that when he downloads into us, when he plants into us, it'll take root. It'll grow. Who wants to grow in Christ? I do. I don't want to be the same tomorrow that I was today. I believe God's in the business of growth. Finally, prayer is not only necessary, but it's essential. Prayer, and I don't get this. Can God move without us praying? Certainly, He does. But He honors our prayers. Somebody just said this to me, and and I I was watching a a man on, uh, I don't even remember his name, doesn't matter. He was talking about how the prayers of the saints that were given back in, let's say, 2007, 2010, those people, some of them, have gone on to be with the Lord. And I would imagine that Sandy Mazzell's prayers that she lifted to heaven on our behalf, they went to heaven, but not all were answered. However, those prayers are still working in heaven. And sometimes the answer to those prayers comes later after they've even gone on to be with the Lord. So when you plant in this prayer harvest, if you will, what it does is, is it fills the bowl of heaven, and this is in Revelation, where it actually eventually that bowl spills out, and those prayers are answered. How cool is that? I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know who you're praying for. And this is where I I go to this little sheet that you hopefully were given when you came in. If you didn't get one, the men are ready to hand one to you, if you would. It just happens to be Hunter Orange, just I don't know why. Maybe because I thought you'd see it. (laughs) If you need one, raise your hand, They'll, they'll bring one to you. And what I'm asking you today is to take this home with you. It's a little half sheet. At the top it just says stand in agreement with us. I believe that there is power in the agreement of prayer. Well, where do you find that in the Scriptures, Pastor Norm? Matthew 18. This is at the very top of this little handout, Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, truly, I tell you, Jesus speaking, that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. God answers prayer. And when we come into agreement, on anything i believe god is going to fulfill that prayer all right and, and of course it has to line up with scripture i'm not talking about unscriptural things yes and you, if, if you notice this doesn't say that pastor norm asked for a 20-foot bass boat please agree with me i'm a little smarter than that not much but a little So what I have asked for, and I really, I don't have time to go through this whole thing, but as you agree with us, and I'm asking you every day, find a spot in your day where you can lift this up and pray these seven things, and I gave you a little bit of space. The one, uh, number five, it talks about loosing the labors into the harvest. Pray with us that God would do that. We have a lot of positions here at the church, believe it or not, that aren't filled. We need good, strong people for these positions. Maybe you're a leader in the church. Maybe God puts something on your heart, a ministry that you don't see in existence yet. Write that down and start praying for it. Or if you need laborers in your specific ministry, write that down. And then the last one, number seven, pray for those who need Jesus, the hope of our salvation. Pray that God will tenderize their hearts and draw them to Him. And then I've given you a little space there to write their names in there. And, and do that every single day with us. Along with praying and anointing on your pastor and, or whoever speaks. And by the way, next Sunday, last time I'm going to say this, we have... A gentleman coming from a live dead country, a missionary, you're not going to want to miss it. You will not see this on live stream because if he advertises and the wrong people see it, it can not only cost him his life but also his team. So he has to be extremely careful how he gets this word out. So we would invite you, please, come back next Sunday, listen to uh, our missionary. You're not going to be disappointed if you're able to be here. All right. Got it? Every day. Hold it up. Every day. Say that. Every day. I'll pray with you, Pastor. So we'll be in agreement. And God's going to move in the church. Amen. All right. Thank you. So that's that part. You'll never guess what I came up with with L. L. I knew you'd all come up with that come on nope leave a lasting impression leave a lasting impression do you know we are the church we are the hope in the future of the gospel message if we let it die it dies with us hello from the very beginning when Jesus lined up with Peter and said you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not break it down. To me, that says he believed in, the, in his church. Poke your neighbor and say, that's you and me. That's you and me. We are the church, you and I. When people look at us, who should they see? Jesus. Jesus. We are, and I say this often, we are Jesus with we are Jesus with skin on. Do you get that? Can you see Jesus? Can you see him literally? No. But you can see him through our actions. When we imitate him which is what we're supposed to do right when they see us do they see jesus or do they see the other guy jesus said you're either for me or you're against me luke 11:23 what that says to me is you have a choice who are you going to represent let it be the king of kings and the lord of lords May we look like Him more each and every day. And it's my prayer that people see Jesus in us, the hope and the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14-16, it says, But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of, of the knowledge of Him everywhere. I love this. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And then verse 16, to the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Who do you smell like? Snip your neighbor. Who do you smell like? Some of you are like Old Spice (coughs) dial. Some of you are like. (coughs) You know this is hypothetical, right? Just an illustration. I don't really mean how do you smell. (laughs) But we do give off an aroma. And to some, we are death. To others, we are life just depends on what camp they're in. Hopefully, if we smell like death to them, the idea is that it will eventually convict them and they'll be going, "Um, I need to do something about this. So that you no longer smell like death, but life. One of the things that happened recently at the funeral I just did for Sandy, I like to give an image of what heaven is like and What's next? Because we're, we're in this room, we're talking about a person's life and their death. What's next? What a great place to say, look, if, if you want to be sure where you're going to go, this is what you do. And I did that. I gave them that op- opportunity to pray with me. And you know, there were over 20 people in that room that prayed that day. And that's not, I'm not boasting. I'm boasting in Jesus. That, that's not anything for me. What I'm saying is, those people came in here, they smelled death. But before they left, they smelled the aroma of Christ who gave them life. And that's what we need to be all about. Amen? Amen? And then for all of those who said love. You were correct. Leave a lasting impression. Jesus said this after being asked what the greatest commandment was. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All right? So. In order to leave a lasting impression, love has to be a part of it. The one thing that you and I must have, say that with me, we must have this, is love. If you're a professing, proclaiming Christian, you're born again, You're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you're not doing this, something's wrong. Something is wrong. You can't be a Christian and not have love. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. If I speak in human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, what? I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing nothing what is this telling us love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it isn't proud it doesn't dishonor others it's not self-seeking you know we should put this in large print on our refrigerators so that when we get in a struggle with our loved one we go back to this and say oh wait a minute Love is, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. It's the number one ingredient. If you ain't got it, you ain't got it. Hello? I know, this hurts. But you need to meditate on your own life and say, all right, do I have this? Do I love people? Am I serving the Lord in this way? I often hear people say this, God is love. All right, you you hang on to that thought just for a minute. Would you agree with me that you and I are ambassadors for Christ? We're the church, right? We're supposed to represent him. All right, so that tells me that if the church truly represents God, then love must be preeminent and foremost in our minds. It has to be in action. It can't just be something you're speaking. Hey, man, I, I love brother Jeff. I love you. I love you with all my heart, brother. You are just a rock star in my book, and, and man, I'm, I'm. And as soon as you walk away. Man, that old old Jeff, dude. You know, you know what he said to me the other day. That rascal. Is that love? God help us to be lovers of our brothers and sisters. Our actions should be always be loving actions. That means. We won't blow people up with our words. Anybody think that's love when we come in and we just, somebody pulled the pin on the grenade and, man. And when it's all over, what's left? I mean, cops are there, you're going to jail. You know, when they have a a dispute in a home like that, when there's some wrestling going on, somebody's going to jail. That's just the way it is. And they don't do that because they're mean. They do that so it'll stop. Because they know it takes two to tangle. We shouldn't be this, this person. We should be lovers of one another. Our actions should show that. Our words should line up with our actions. This also means that we forgive others when they wound us. We forget their trespasses. We don't remind them for 35 years what they did to us. That's not forgiveness. That's manipulation. Forgive for crying What, what is that going to do if you keep reminding them? So they wounded you. Let it go. Leave it at the cross. Let Jesus bring heal. If you've got an issue with that, take it to Jesus and say, Lord, help me. Heal this wound in me. Don't let that feeling manipulate you the rest of your life. I think this is good preaching. Amen. The Bible also says, Jesus said this, as you forgive others their trespasses, you will be give, forgiven yours. Love is essential. It's the essential ingredient for all who follow Christ. Love covers a multitude of sin, 1 Peter 4. 8. Enough said about that. Leave a lasting impression. The A, you're not going to get this one either. I was actually pretty surprised by it. Admit that you don't have all the answers. Some of you struggle with this. Telling you that from personal experience. Not pointing anybody out. Just saying. Pride comes before a fall. The Bible says that, right? Have you ever been with somebody that thinks they know it all? Is it fun? After a while, you're like, I just want to get away from this person. They're wearing me out. This person is usually the type who hasn't learned to value others. And see, again, this kind of goes back to that love thing, because if we love somebody, we're going we're to uh, measure them by what they have to put back in they've got something to give and we want to know what it is but a know-it-all is gonna just be like you know what hey if you don't want to do it my way then hit the road man I used to be that way that was my attitude here at the church they don't like it go find one that you can go to that does is that right no some of us are like that though. We don't let anybody into our life who thinks differently than we do. Hello? I know it's good preaching because it stepped on my toes first. 1 first Corinthians 8.1 It took it a little bit out of context but you, the point is knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Knowledge puffs up. Don't think you're a know-it-all. Oh, Lord, help us with this, please. When this view, if they don't think like I think, they don't belong here. When this view permeates the church, what does that do? It restricts how God can move there. You see, everybody has something to give. Even, if I can, something to say. And if we're not willing to sit down at the table and listen to them, at least to acknowledge their value, then we've already missed it. And this is what's happening in the church. Too many of us have become dogmatic in how we believe. I got this down, man. I know this book better than anybody. Really. You know what? You know what I've been learning? The more knowledge I take in, the less I know. That's what I've been learning. You know who said that? Albert Einstein. Do you think he was a genius? And he admitted the more he knew, the less he knew. And I would say to you, church we can we need to get off of our high and mighty saddles and come back down to where the people are get back in there with people that need jesus the unchurched the folks that may not be as holy as you are maybe you have a good solid understanding of god's word if you do then the love chapter is going to be a reminder of how you better use it. And it's not as some like to do for Bible bashing. God help us. God help us not to be that kind of church. Are you still with me? We need to open up to new ideas. I'm not saying... This book never changes. The words are the same, yesterday, today, and forever. But the way we apply them does change. All right? How the church operates today is going to be different from how the church operated in the first century. And that's what we have to figure out. God, what do you want us to look like? And that's what I'm asking you to become a part of. A movement that's saying, look, we're community. We need each other. I need every one of you people. And more. There are holes in this church. And I don't mean the empty seats I'm talking about. Organs in the body that are missing. And we feel it. You know what one of my prayers is? God, release more intercessors why because prayer makes a difference and we need that covering over you and over this church and over the church capital C we can't do it without him and the more we lean on him the more he sends to us an open heaven as one of our brothers likes to say prayer brings an open heaven And I don't know about you, but I'd love to be able to come in here on a Sunday and say, Lord, this brother needs a healing. And I'm just pointing that at somebody, but this brother needs a healing. And boom, they're healed. Can God do that? But it's often in direct relationship as to how much that church has given to prayer. backing up. Admit that you don't have all the answers. We might be surprised if we let some of these folks talk the kinds of things that they'll help lead us to. So let's be more open and less dogmatic. All right? Finally. So we've got P stands for? Prayer. Prayer. L stands for? Leave an aroma of Christ, hopefully. All right. And then A is admit we don't have all the answers. Finally, the last one, the N. Never give up. This life is a life of faith. You cannot please God without faith, it's an action, it's a verb. Never give up. I can't tell you how many people I have watched over the years, just since I've been here, that have given up on their faith. I know it breaks my heart, and I've got to believe it breaks God's. They go back into the world. They knew Christ. He had forgiven them of their sins, and for whatever reason, somebody hurt them, something happened, some tragedy hit them, And they said, nope, can't do it anymore. God, be with those people. Bring them back. Bring healing to them, Lord. And you know, the sad part is, I believe this, that most, when they gave up, they were right on the cusp of their victory. It was like minutes away, a day away, and they gave up. Don't be that person. Never give up on the faith that you have in God, number one. Never give up on the faith you have in God. Never give up on the people that God's put in your life. Now listen, this is a big one. We all have different folks around us. Do you think they're there by chance or coincidence? If you believe God has a plan for your life, then you are going to understand that those people that are in your life are there for a reason. Sometimes it's like two pieces of sandpaper. You're both coarse when you start. You're about 80 grit. But after a little bit of this, what happens? What happens? It gets smooth, doesn't it? You smooth each other off. Smooth. Smooth Collins down here in the front. You guys have probably never experienced that, right? What I'm talking about here? No, no, never. <laughs> He's like, yep. We all have, come on. We've all got people in our lives that are that sandpaper. They're there for a reason. And not to, not to send you farther away from God, but to draw you closer through that experience. At least that's God's intention. And people, hopefully you'll admit this, people are the most important thing in your life. They're the resources that God has given us. They're, their, they're the blessing in your life, or should be. And If they aren't yet, pray for them so they'll, they will be. I've done that. There were people in my life years ago that were, <laughs> what I want to do with them. Minimally, yeah. (laughs) And I prayed for those people, and eventually God changed their heart. And He changed mine too. When you pray, that's that back and forth. God does something with you as well. It's not just them. You're praying for them, but God's going to do it in you too. And that's the beauty of this. Why did God send His Son to save people. Are people important? They're important to God. They should be important to us. This last one, never give up on your dreams or visions that God's given you to carry out on his behalf. Okay. I'm 60-plus years old. All right? I still have dreams I've not fulfilled. The Lord reminded me a few weeks back, there's still some things I want you to do. I'm like, really? It's not time to retire? No, not yet. I'm like, okay. Show me what's next. So this master's cohort that I'm in right now, this is part of that. God's got something for me to do, and it requires that I have this master's degree. Because... Two or three months ago, I didn't know why I was doing this. In fact, I was asking myself, why are you doing this? Because it's killing me, not literally. It's wearing me out, though. I'm not used to this. It's been 17 years since I've been in school. I wasn't even sure I still had gray matter up there, and I don't mean my hair. (laughs) And and the Holy Spirit said, Norm, I've got a plan for you. And he showed me what it was. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but... Here's the thing. He hasn't done with me yet. And you know what that did for me? It got me kind of excited. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. What has God given you to dream about? A vision for your life, for your family, for your husband, future, tense. Whatever. If any of you ever says... Pastor Norma, you know I graduated my GED or I graduated with with my high school diploma I never went any further and now I'm like old really are you as old as me I'm going back I was 43 when I graduated the first time with my undergrad degree so that should eliminate your excuse just saying Joel two twenty eight. Afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. This is God's plan for his church today. And I believe that if we will take this and pray together over this next month or two, we are going to see a change in us. In his church, capital C. And that's what I'm asking you to do, is to join arms with us, lock arms with us, and let's carry out the plan that God has for us. Thank you for the three that agreed. So over this next year, I believe this with all my heart, God is going to download some stuff into us and This is where we need all of the people. Because He's going to share things with you, and if you keep it to yourself, it won't ever come to pass. So you need to become more verbal, communicate. Maybe it's a ministry that we don't already have here. Or maybe it's one that's already here, but it needs a little tweak here or there. God's going to put some things in you And I believe he'll bring some new people in as well. But I'm looking at who's here right now. You're all a part of this. What can we accomplish if we come together in unity and prayer in the name of Jesus? What can't we accomplish? (laughs) Are you ready? Are you ready? Why did I share this message? As you know, we're doing this Acts 2 thing. Our our denomination, our our district headquarters, uh, in fact, we do it again next weekend, next Friday, Saturday. And we are looking to God, asking him, what do you want us to look like in a year from now? What do you want the hope to be? Us. And we need your prayers. We need you to join with us and say, hey, we're with you. Whatever God puts on your hearts, because this isn't just Pastor Norm, all right? We've got a team of uh, 11 or 12 people when they all show up at once. And we are helping to craft the future of this church. What is the vision? What is the mission of the hope. And we're gonna share that with you over this next year. And then next September we'll have this this big hoorah where we release this. And I believe it's just gonna explode in here. Not literally, but in the spirit. Join us as we go through this process. The plan. Wow. I went on sorry pray that god will show up in a way would you stand pray that god will show up in a big way in your life pray with me that means that he'll open our hearts our minds our spirit to him that we'll hear from the holy spirit leave a lasting impression with people let god let his love motivate you to do the things you do in this life all right be jesus with skin on the A, admit that you're not all that. I already said this, but pride comes before a fall. Community requires that we listen to each other. And I want you to know, I'm personally going to work at being a better listener. Each of us has valuable input, and we need to hear it. And then finally, the end, never give up. God's plan for you only fails when you give up. The, he, the writer in Hebrews verses 1, 12, 1 to three said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, witnesses who made it, by the way, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Never give up. Would you bow your heads? If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Norm, I feel like I'm deficient in at least one of these areas. And I just ask the Holy Spirit to help me with this. If that's you, just lift your hand up real quick. Hands going up, thank you, thank you, thank you, all over. I also wanna make sure that there's anybody here today that you have never said, Lord, I wanna be all in with you. I want you to change me from the inside out. I want Jesus to be my hero, to be my Lord, to be my King. If that's you today, you've never given your heart to Him before, but today you just feel like God's saying today's your day, would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Anybody here today, you need Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right? Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. Because of him, his shed blood, my sins are washed away. And today, if there's anything in me that shouldn't be there, forgive me. Wash my sins away. Help me to be the person you've called me to be. And today, I want to begin to plan. Help me to pray. Help me to leave the sweet aroma of Christ wherever I go. Help me to admit I'm not all that. I don't have all the answers. But together, we can do this. Through Christ, we can do all things. And that's my prayer. And finally, help me, Lord, never to give up on you, on the people around me, nor on the vision and dreams that you've given me. Help me to be a success and not a failure. I give my life, all that I am, all that I have, it's yours today. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand today. I don't know what God's going to do next, but I know it's going to be good. Every week's different. So be praying with us. Take these little sheets home, please. If we all commit to this every day, seven little things, I believe we're going to see a difference in the spirit realm and in the natural. I love you guys. Thank you for being here today. One final prayer. Lord, bless everybody here today as we head out Help us to see those in need. Help us to know who to give to. Our time, our energy, our resources. Help us to be a blessing, Lord. Help us to be Jesus with skin on. Show favor upon these people. Bless them richly. Keep us all safe in our coming in and our going. We commit the people, the church, the family of believers here at The Hope into your hands. In the mighty name of God we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.